1: Ticket to Broadway where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal David Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, the only podcast out there to feature your favorite Broadway stars reminiscing about the first time they met Mickey Mouse. Are you following E-Ticket on Instagram? Join the fun online and see photos of our guests at the parks, play games, answer trivia, and keep the magic alive throughout your week. Another way to keep the magic alive in your life, visit the e-ticket to Broadway shop. Go to www.eticketpodcast.com and take a look at the mini shirts, mugs, pins, stickers, and bags for sale. Show off that you're a fan of the podcast and be sure to send a photo to us so we can share just how awesome you look. I had such a great time chatting with the guest on this episode. He's been seen on Broadway in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Hamilton, and, of course, in the Book of Mormon, for which he was Tony nominated. Grab your mouse ears and Mickey ice cream bars and please welcome Rory O'Malley. Rory, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway. Are you ready to geek out over all things Disney parks? I am so ready. <laughs> Here we go. So we're both boys from the Midwest. How did Disney intersect with your childhood? Do you remember loving the movies or the characters? What was that like as a kid?
0: Yes, yes, and yes, all of it. Like Disney <laughs> was, Disney was everything to me, especially as a musical theater kid. I didn't know that there was a difference between Broadway and Disney. That was just, they were the same. So I very specifically remember going to see Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater. I think I was in fifth grade in 1991, that Christmas season. I went to Westgate Mall and General Cinemas. We, it was with my mom and my cousin Katie, who was three years younger than I was. And we watched the opening sequence of Beauty and the Beast. And I thought, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I had seen Little Mermaid and I loved Little Mermaid, but there was something about Beauty and the Beast that really upped everything for me. And I realized that this was like a a, a, a show. you know, this was the spectacle was so amazing. And that I guess it was around the same time that I knew that I wanted to be a performer. and i i could I could see that there was a way to tell this story on a stage and and you know I'm not going to say it was my idea to put it on a stage but but I really thought they need to do this live you know and that was in 5th grade and and seeing seeing that movie and you know all of the the movies uh you know I remember we owned a copy of Cinderella that I watched so many times uh, because we didn't have many, you know, it was they were locked up in the Disney Vault, and you know, my family did not have the means to just buy everything when it came out of the Vault. So we watched Cinderella so many times. It's funny I can watch it now on Disney Plus, and I know every word, like every note that the the mouse is singing. You know, I'm like, how does this so ingrained in my memory? But it's because that was such an important part of my childhood, and we, um, you know, I, I loved Mickey Mouse, and uh, we didn't go on a lot of trips. Our big vacation every year was when I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, was to go to a house, uh, a cottage in Lakeside, which is on Lake Erie, which is. 45 minutes from where we lived and we lived on the lake. So that was our big vacation every year was to drive 45 minutes West and be on another part of the lake. And my mom, knowing how much I loved Disney and how much I loved Mickey Mouse, she saved up and took me with um, a couple of her friends and their kids. We went when I was five years old to Disney world and you know, it's one of those things where you, you, there's the debate about whether kids remember uh, trips to Disney, you know, and if you should take a kid to to Disney at what age that you should take it so that they remember it. Well, I fully remember going to Disney World at five. I mean, I don't remember every single moment, but I remember what that feeling was. I remember the excitement and I remember walking into Disney World for the first time and seeing Mickey. And my mom tells this story that I saw Mickey Mouse for the first time in person and I ran up to Mickey and I said, Mickey, Mickey, it's me, Rory. I love you. <laughs> you know, like like Mickey had been waiting for me. Of course and, he was. Of course he was. And, you know, like that is the kind of... Uh, you know, adoration that Disney gets from from kids, and and I certainly was uh, one of those kids. And it, it really, there was never a Disney movie that came out that I didn't see in the movie theater. Um, that I had to see right away up through high school because, you know, there was there weren't a lot of movie musicals that were coming out except the animated ones from Disney. So uh, you know I've always always been a huge Disney fan and I think a lot of who I am as an artist was formed by what was coming out of Disney. And um, you know and I still am today. I love what what the, the kind of artists that they bring together and in the, in their storytelling.
1: Perfectly said. I love that you mentioned how these Disney movies and musical theater were so similar to us as kids. I, I really believe that. I think that there's a reason why as someone that loves the Disney parks so much and loves Broadway so much, there's a lot of similarities. It's storytelling, it's a good feeling, it's, you know, teaching about morals and and you know, letting your conscience be your guide. I think there's a lot of overlap there. I love that you said that.
0: Absolutely, and it's just fun. (laughs) It's just
1: a really good show with great musical numbers constantly. Yes, and I also love that Disney Parks and Broadway. There's something for everyone. You know, you can love thrill rides, and you can love you know splashy musicals, or you can love a dark ride, and you can love Shakespeare. You know, there's there's a different thing, but it all fits under this umbrella, and it's inclusive and it's accepting, and I I love that. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's also funny that you mentioned because when we were kids, you know. There, this was before YouTube and Disney Plus, that when you saw a movie, you were engaged 100%. And then if you got that VHS for Hanukkah or for Christmas, you would watch it and just eat it up. And so, yes, of course you know Cinderella to this day because it was everything. Right. And it's funny because like my husband, uh, he watched
0: Sleeping Beauty a lot. I didn't have Sleeping Beauty, so I think I saw it at a friend's house but I never saw it in the movie theater. I don't have as many feelings about it as I do about Cinderella, you know? And you don't realize like the difference until you're an adult and you watch one and then you watch the other. And I'm watching Sleeping Beauty on Disney Plus with with my husband and my son. You know, now we can pretend like we're watching for our our son since he's two. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't remember any of this in Sleeping Beauty, but like I said, with Cinderella, I know every single note, every single beat, you know of Lucifer the Cat is what what what's gonna happen and Gus Gus, you know it, and it's because I had that copy of the VHS tape in the the plastic um like what was it? it was like a you know what I'm
1: talking about? I don't even know how to describe it like a yeah, it was just like this plastic case, and like you could even pull out the art. Yeah, and look at that as well, but it was kind of plush. It was yes. magic. It was it, it was just it magic was, because it was coming out
0: of quote unquote the vault. It was so special, and it was like I knew that th- that that video cassette also couldn't fit with all the other video cassettes. You know, the Kodak yes. yellow paper. You know, these video VHS tapes are, you know, just junk compared to this valuable piece of art that I have obtained. And I really I can't think I didn't have too many. I just remember that Cinderella copy um being what I watched over and over again. But you know, uh anytime it came to the movie theater, I remember going to the movie theater to to
1: see almost everything. In my family, my sister Galana, loved Cinderella. My sister Lisa loved Sleeping Beauty and I was Snow White. Uh-huh. So like between us you know, I, what you're saying about you and um, your husband, that's me and Snow White. Like I can tell you what happens in the movie and and which way the dwarfs are looking. But yeah, when I go back and watch some of the others, it's like, oh yeah, that also happens. But a lot of my knowledge of the, those other characters are specifically tied to the parks and yeah. not quite the movies. Yeah. Have a favorite disney character um
0: you know i have probably a few if you're talking about the entire disney universe including pixar but you know i think bell is my favorite um because she's such a dreamer because she h- had her head in the clouds and was really dreaming about being somewhere else <laughs> and i loved where i grew up in cleveland i loved it but you you needed to dream pretty big to dream about being a broadway star or to to like to to go into what i wanted to go into because it was not normal and so i think i identified with her and really knew that if i wanted to live a different life, I had to, I had to read about it. I had to, you know, keep my head in the clouds and be a daydreamer. And I didn't get in trouble in school very much, but I did get in trouble for daydreaming, for not paying attention. And usually it was because I was thinking about, you know, a song that I wanted to sing or, right. you know, just, you know, and and I think that, you know, that I felt different from all the people in, in my town who I loved very much, but I knew I just wasn't going to be the biggest uh, Browns fan.
1: <laughs> I, I just imagine you running down the street singing, "I want adventure in the great wide somewhere." Oh, yes, you absolutely.
0: In my backyard, like I've I've performed <laughs> the entire show many times. I mean, I actually i I have at concerts performed the entire opening number of Bell, where I play all the characters because I was an only child. I didn't have a lot of friends, so I used to perform the entire entire the entire movie by myself for myself in my basement and i just knew all the parts so you know i need six eggs that's too expensive you know the every single character in that world of beauty and the beast uh i try to
1: become them and you know be in that world so yeah so in this sense you're one of your favorite characters you relate to which is always funny because my favorite character is Dopey, who I don't relate to in any way. Mm-hmm. Are there other characters that you just love for who they are, and and you don't find that you relate to them?
0: Yeah, I mean, I love Ursula the Sea Witch. You know, I do. I, I mean, not, I wish I like could it. be that fabulous and that I could, you know, uh, I don't know, just enter a room in <laughs> a way that she can. She can make an entrance, slither in. Um, yes is you know i i think there are lots of people that i don't uh necessarily identify with who i love but um bell just happens to be the one who i pretended to be in my basement for
1: years We talked about your first trip to Walt Disney World when you were five. Did you remember a ride that you went on that you specifically loved?
0: Oh, Peter Pan! Sure, yes, Peter Pan. But I also remember it because one of our, um, one of my mom's friend's sons came with us, and uh, he lost his camera on the ride. Oh. Or no. and, you know, cause he was probably, I mean, if I was five, he was probably nine and he probably was taking pictures, you know, it was probably like a Fisher price camera, but I mean, it was like all of his pictures were in it and he lost his camera on the ride and we were just so upset and there was no way to get this camera back because you know, it, it fell into London somewhere,
1: <laughs> it yes, was,
0: you know, never to be seen again, um, he probably knocked out big Ben. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, but I, I remember being on that ride. I remember being on Pirates of Caribbean, and just being amazed by the cannonballs going off. That to me was amazing, and also it's a small world after all. Like I, I fully remember that. Um, and thought it was so fantastic. So what I'm getting from you is you love boats. I do love boats. I do. Yes. I love I oh, I they used to call me a fish as a kid because if you know and I grew up on Lake Erie so I was always going in the water. I love being in the water which is kind of amazing since I can't be in the sun. I need you know SPF 100 at all yes. times. But you and I me both. love water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it, I loved that there were so many great water rides uh or water-based rides at the very least not that you're getting wet. Um but yeah I, I I love those those ones, and I remember them so well. that's why I think it's so funny when people say like, "Oh, kids don't remember why waste money?" <laughs> I mean, for me, that was the only trip that we made, and I was five, and I held on to that. That was so special, and of course, I don't remember every single moment of it, but it's almost like it helped me keep a dream alive you know I mean I don't I don't want to overstate it too much but that was a huge investment for my mom to make a single a single wo- uh, woman single parent and you know so I, I guess if I'm I'm saying that if you have a child who loves Disney or who loves you know stories and will enjoy that not to be too worried about how many of those memories they will know, remember or retain exactly, but that the spirit of being there and the excitement of that and the possibilities of that will, you know, last a lifetime.
1: (laughs) I agree. It's not just the, you know, the 24 hour, not 24 hours. I mean, in my dream, it's not just like the the 10 or 12 hours in the park. It's the lead up to it. It's the week after as you're looking through photos. It's the feelings. I mean, we tie it all to like, oh, well, they won't remember it. It's like, but the, the moment surrounding it is going to impact them. Yeah. And that's, gonna, that's going to create, you know, a more magical life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Someone yeah. said to me once too, you know, your baby may not remember, but you're going to remember taking your baby there.
0: Yes. You know? Yes. Which, I mean, obviously um, we'll probably get to, but was an amazing experience for me to, to, to bring my son to yeah. Disneyland.
1: Well, let's talk about that. I mean, did you did Jimmy also run up to Mickey and say, It's me, Jimmy? Well, we brought him on his first birthday, so he had
0: no words. So he couldn't yeah. say that. But honestly, we were just like, Well, if he we, we brought him to uh the Mickey house to to have a you know a greeting with Mickey. And they were so nice to us, they let all the older kids go first so that Jimmy, my my son, who was one at the time, could see how nice Mickey was to all of the kids. And, and so we didn't know how Jimmy was going to react. He had just started walking when he was nine months. So he had three months of walking in under his belt. He walked right up to Mickey and gave Mickey a hug. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it was how heartfelt the hug was, you know, if, you know, at that time when he's still learning to walk, it's like, he he could just be like, help me. I'm about to fall, you know, and he falls into Mickey's arms, but we have a picture of it. And, you know, it was such an amazing experience to get to see that, especially because of what Mickey and Disney meant to me as a kid, because we had debated my husband and I about bringing him. Of course, I was like, we're going, we're going, we're going. And, and Gerald who also grew up in the midwest in indianapolis he his thought was we live in los angeles right now i don't want him to think that you can just go to disneyland anytime you want that it's just it's right there because even though it is just an hour away he wanted it to be special which i really get you know i think that i understand that and i don't want i don't want jimmy to be over it before he even knows what it is if that makes sense
1: It does. I mean, you're saying that Disneyland's in the vault, you know?
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Disneyland is in the vault. And when you go, it's very special. And uh, at least we wanted it to be special in that way. You know, it's almost like how we had the, we always talk about not being from New York City and getting to live in New York City. And that if you grew up in New York City, it's got to be such a different experience because that's what you know. That's your normal. That's what life is. And for us, it was like, unbelievable every single day. So anyway, we brought him, and the reason that we decided to do it is that both of our moms were in town for his first birthday, and my mom had never been to Disneyland, and his mom had never been to Disneyland. So while we were bringing him for the first time, we were also bringing our mothers who watched Walt Disney himself open Disneyland on TV. And my mom, who never says, I want something, (laughs) She never says I want to go somewhere or do something. She had for years said before I had we had Jimmy had mentioned like can we go to Disneyland? Wouldn't that be so great to see the place that Walt Disney himself opened? I remember as a little girl when it happened and so I knew that we had to go for them and to get to go with our son was just the the cherry on top and that you know it was a special time and thank God we did in november of 2019 uh you know it's just it's just so fantastic that we have that day together that we have pictures with the four of us um holding jimmy with mickey mouse and that it's such a beautiful beautiful day that we'll remember forever and you know i'm sure jimmy won't have memories of it but you better believe that when we're watching mickey mouse clubhouse now on disney plus that he has some kind of uh he had he knows who mickey is and it comes from from that hug and i think that you know now that we have him watching more and more things on disney plus like he just watched wally for the first time at two and loved it you know he loves garbage trucks so um a movie about garbage yeah (laughs) he doesn't really get you know the warning that the movie is he thinks it's awesome what the world's gonna turn into unfortunately uh because he loves garbage but it's just you know i know that i can i can i get to share my love for these stories with him now and it's a beautiful beautiful amazing thing and i i loved every single second of getting to be at disneyland with him (laughs)
1: You've talked about uh going to Disney with your husband. Was that something that you guys had both loved as a child and realized that you both loved it once you got together?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess as uh gays, you you just assume that you had that Disney right, as a yeah. lifeline, as a, you know, kind of an escape of of your world. Um, and you know, just to, to there's there's just so many like a fairy tale is such a wonderful place to uh, live in when, when you're growing up, no matter who you are, but especially when you're growing up gay and, and not sure about what your future will hold and not really understanding what that is. I think that keeping a positive attitude and, and, and dreaming and, and thinking big is, <laughs> is, is helpful. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you just kind of assume, but I knew that his family went to Disney World. They would drive down... Um, I don't know how many times that he went, but they had gone, uh, a few times. So, you know, I was like, Ooh, wow. Fancy. You know, I had my one trip <laughs> and, uh, I think he, and he went, I think also in college with the singing Hoosiers cause he's my IU guy. So I think that he had a lot of adult reference as well to Disney World which I have not I have not, I've have a lot of adult reference to Disneyland because I moved to Los Angeles after college and was like oh this is amazing you know one of the greatest parts about living in Los Angeles to me was we have access to Disneyland yeah of um, course and D- and Disneyland just feels so accessible uh compared to Disney World. And you know, which Disney World is amazing and is is huge, but no matter it, it, I just don't feel like you could walk to walk into Disney World in the same way that you can go into Downtown Disneyland or Downtown Disney and just feel like you're hanging out. You know, it just feels like a little more accessible. And for both of us, you know, we now that we live in Los Angeles together because we met in New York and talked about Disney a lot, but we had never been together. Um, Now we've gone several times together. And with our, my other college roommate who, he gets treated pretty well at um, Disney, uh, Josh, Josh Gad, which is a different experience going to Disney.
1: Well, for sure. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I love that you kind of, as you talked about, you know, the, the young LGBTQ plus community and and there's something I say a lot in this podcast is that Mickey is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And Mickey meets many different types of characters, but Mickey always stays true to who he is and and fights for, you know, justice. And I, I think as a young gay boy from Michigan, I look to Mickey as like, well, he is always there. And, and yeah, when you get to meet him in the parks you know, he is always there to give you a hug. He's literally always smiling. Yeah. It, it's nice. And and I think there's a, a comfort there. I love, Rory, you use your platform a lot to empower, you know, people to vote and and you've been a fierce advocate for the community. Do you think that there's anything in the Disney catalog in the world in the movies that amplifies this message? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I mean,
0: I feel like... Every Disney story is trying to get a child to use their voice, no matter what their voice is, you know, to to find who they are and to be proud of themselves. And I think that, you know, the logical next conclusion is to use that, to, to be proud of it and to use your voice. And, you know, once you turn 18, there's no better way to do that than to vote and there's you know it's such an important time to make sure that everyone uses their voice in that way in that very very meaningful way Um, but you know I I think that there that that every Disney character is also not going to settle for the status quo that you know Moana is not going to just stay on this island yeah (laughs) That, you know, there's always somewhere that need. there's always a, a way to make things better for, you know, the, pe- the people for themselves and to uh, make to bring joy and uh, fix problems in people's lives. And so I think that in that way, you have stories that are always guiding people to Go further to see people who need help and to do what you can, use your voice to make the world a better place. Um, there's just a lot of optimism. And you know, you don't see that. You know, you talked about Mickey always having a smile. You don't see that kind of optimism in a lot of places. And I have been accused of being an optimist. (laughs) And even, you know, in, in working in the political realm, I usually can, if I'm pessimistic, it's really taken a lot to get me there. You know, I believe in people and I believe in, uh, the collective, uh, will of, of our country. And even throughout the last decade that we are going to keep going forward and, yeah. and that things are going to get better. And I think it takes a kind of Disney like optimism to, <laughs> to think that, oh, uh, throughout well, all that we've been through. And I understand that, you know, I real I, I get that, you know, it's, it feels crazy to say that, but I do believe it. I do. And, uh, I, I think that, you have to make a decision about believing that you really have to decide are you going to believe that things can get better and that there's uh, you know that you have to keep fighting to push off the island and fight to <laughs> restore the heart of tahiti you <laughs> know yes. yes you have yes. you have to do it you yes. have to even though your parents say that, that it's you know pointless or that it's not that it's too scary uh so you know, I guess I've been watching a lot of Moana with my son lately, <laughs> okay. Totally yeah, uh, but it you know, sense. yeah, it, it's, it's really about pushing forward and through your fear and using your voice, all of these stories. And I, you know, I think that's exactly what voting is, is, you know, it's a very optimistic act to go somewhere, cast a vote and believe that we can make this world a better place.
1: Rory, you mentioned a friend of yours that you shared some photos in the parks and he makes an appearance, you and Josh Gad. Have you two always bonded over a love of Disney? Well I
0: he's from Uh, Florida and uh, from Hollywood, Florida. So he would go to Disney World a lot growing up. And so, you know, we were from freshman year on. He would tell me about, you know, his 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 love for Disney and that um, he had a letter. I think when he graduated high school, he would have to verify this information. But I I, it was on our wall in our dorm room. At least that's how I remember it. Maybe he showed it to me, but it was in, it was in our dorm room freshman year, a letter from Michael Eisner congratulating him and, uh, you know, for graduating from high school or for like winning a speech tournament. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was for, but you know, when you, I get that Michael Eisner was someone who we knew because he, he did, he introduced, um, Sunday night Disney. Uh, yeah, di- yeah, you yeah. know the, the, all the Disney specials that were on Sunday nights when we would watch it. He would introduce them in the way that Walt Disney used to. So I knew who Michael Eisner was, but to be that much of a Disney nerd that you have the CEO of Disney <laughs> a letter yeah. like and, you're and your freshman, me. you know, like when you know you're trying to prove how cool you are when you go to college freshman year. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and and I believe me, he he, I thought it was cool, but. You know, it just it was he loved Disney, which always makes me so happy that he has such a wonderful professional career with Disney because it's it's a genuine love for for Disney. So, uh, yes, we both knew that we loved Disney things. Um, but, you know, you go to college and you're trying to do Chekhov and, you know, be, and Sam Shepard. You're trying to be, you know, legit. So I don't know how much we, you know, revealed yes, <laughs> to each yes. other. But, you know, without a doubt, um, it, it went without saying that, that our childhood was very colored by our love of of Disney.
1: When was the first time you two went to the park together? Mm. That's a good question. I can't was remember. Was it before or after Frozen?
0: That's I can't remember, but I think it was after Frozen um when he had uh had kids because you know we went I went again. I went without kids a few times when I lived in Los Angeles um and with some friends, but I can't remember if Josh was with us on those occasions. Because a lot of times it was people who were working there that I was going to see or, you know, people who had, you know, had a pass or something, especially because I moved to Los Angeles right out of college. I was, you know, working at restaurants, getting fired from restaurants and didn't have a lot of money. So a trip to Disney was a really, really big deal. Uh, and I don't think that we had the opportunity to go together at that time. But we did once Once he had kids and had been in Frozen. And uh, had a few passes to, to to give out, and so you know, going to uh, Disneyland with Josh is a very unique experience. Yeah. And I have to say, like when when we went the first time, and they kind of you know give him a a tour guide. So that if if things get crazy, that he there someone's able to be like, okay, let's take this shortcut back through behind this wall and so you know you aren't hounded by too many people. I, you know, this is my roommate. This is my Josh is my college roommate. He's, you know, one of my best friends. And when they gave us this tour guide and we were and they were saying this, I was like, Give me a break! Like no one's going to bother him, you know. I thought it was way too much, you know. Uh, maybe inflating my my buddy's ego. I was very wrong. Every <laughs> everyone knew who he was, and that's just weird to me because I didn't even consider when I was a kid that Bell wasn't Bell. That there was an actress. You know that there that that these characters had c- actors behind them. It just I it wasn't a something I really thought about. I mean I'm sure that if somebody said, "Oh yeah, this person voices that character," I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." No, I know Angela Lansbury. I get it. There must be some correlation between Angela Lansbury and Mrs. Potts, but I don't know what it is. You know, <laughs> like, I don't. I I. I I just was amazed at how many kids knew that he was Olaf. And you know, of course he has other many other credits so people know who he is and you know it's a different world when animated uh movies including Disney they didn't really rely on casting people who the public knew. It wasn't something that they did really. I think it, I think they Tried to cast people who people didn't know um, so that you could get really lost in the character. Uh, But that, you know, the world is a totally different place. The business is a totally different place now. And I was shocked at how many people came up to Josh. And this is why Josh is so perfect to be Olaf because he understands why people love that character he understands what it means for a child to have that kind of love for a character and what it means to be in a moment where a child sees the person who voices that character and he has I've never ever met in my hundreds and hundreds of times of witnessing a fan or especially a child coming up to Josh to say how much they love him uh I've never seen him be anything other than totally gracious, grateful and take the time uh you know I mean the only thing that he ever says is that if he's with his kids he can't take a picture you know like of course and people completely respect that but um you know I went to <laughs> I went to uh see the touring production of Frozen at the Pantages in Los Angeles Last year with Josh, <laughs> which was crazy because, I mean, the, I don't know what we were thinking. You know, I knew it was going to be fun, and he really wanted me to go because I had played Pantages in Hamilton, and I knew, and I love the Pantagus and I love that the the group of folks who who worked there. So I was excited to go and be backstage and see the dressers and you know the front of house who I know so well. Well, <laughs> it's it's a different experience going to watch frozen with Olaf. And there were literally kids crawling. Josh was like in the middle of our row. There were kids crawling over me, not even like seeing that I was a person, (laughs) crawling over me to get to Josh to to tell him hello. And Josh was just totally grateful. And, 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 and like, thank you so much. You know, we, I'm going to go back to watching the show with my kids and, you know, gave them a moment and did take Pictures on on the way out with some kids, but you know, once you do a couple, it could turn into a, a you know an hour of taking photos at least. So it's it just it's it's a unique experience, and I, I will never have that kind of uh, effect on kids through a, a Disney character. And I say that because it is such a unique, amazing, wonderful gift that Josh has been given, and he understands that completely. And he is a perfect person to have that gift. I think that if I was in that position, I would be overwhelmed and a little scared. Because it can be scary <laughs> being in a, a public place and and having uh, large groups of people want to experience that moment of being in your presence especially when they're at Disney and they think you're like one of the characters walking around I mean it's just weird <laughs> to be at Disneyland and see Josh Gad there um, but uh he he just he handles it so well and um, I'm very proud of him I guess is what I'm trying to get to at the end of this this is that it, it, that I'm proud that he uh, he does it so well and that I get to be witness to that is just a real treat for me um,
1: Corey, this is a podcast about Disney meets Broadway. If Elder McKinley were to get a job at Disneyland, what job do you think he would apply for?
0: Uh, that
1: would be his dream.
0: God, I mean, he'd have to be in a live show. I can't imagine that he wouldn't want to be in, you know, frozen, uh that playing there. So he'd be in entertainment. Yeah, absolutely in entertainment. I mean, he'd have to, he'd he'd probably have to like choreograph take over as choreographer of all the productions
1: yeah. I feel like he would be like a resident choreographer for one of the parades
0: you know, oh it's like yes. making
1: sure everyone was and like if if a performer was unable, um, was unable to perform he would step right in he knew every it's track like, yeah yeah of course I think that's right what about King George
0: <laughs>
1: I don't think that King George would
0: be working anywhere but I'm sure he would live in the castle and let people kiss his his rings that's right
1: Oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, with this revive. At LuckyLandslots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions
1: apply. It's time for Fast Pass Answers. (laughs) Rory, this is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question. Are you ready for Fast Pass Answers? I'm ready. Here we go. Rory, what is your favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast. Name any ride in California Adventure. Mm, cars. Favorite snack in the parks? Um,
0: mm, the uh, Mickey ice creams that you eat that look like the shape of Mickey. <laughs>
1: Name any song from Book of Mormon.
0: Uh, turn it off.
1: Name a character from Hamilton.
0: Um, Jefferson Lafayette.
1: That's Time. For the price of that was two for the price of one. My favorite was your favorite snack in the parks. Didn't yeah. quite narrow it down too much. No, because I mean that cream? like you yeah.
0: just I literally. <laughs> I mean, I could say Dole Whip, but I was like, that's in like the description
1: of this podcast. That just feels. It, like- it is. It is. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but like I, I love the good Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwich. Other people like Mickey Mouse ice cream, like bar. Yeah, but the the one on the stick. Am I making that up?
0: Oh, you know what I should have said: beignets at the the um, yeah, New Orleans Square. Yeah, Yeah, I mean those are so messy, but I've never ever passed up getting those.
1: And you know there are a couple rides in California Adventure with cars. I'm assuming you mean Radiator Racers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Radiator Spring Racers. Yes. What an amazing ride! I love that.
0: That is my favorite. And I've also now seen Cars 372 times because my son is obsessed with it. I mean, obsessed. We've seen one and three endless amounts of times. Put on your thinking ears, it's
1: trivia time. Oh, boy. Rory, it's time for trivia. One of my favorite things I've ever seen you do is when you sang Cadillac car in the movie Dreamgirls. So your trivia question is based on another special car, and of course I mean an Autopia car. One of Disneyland's original opening day attractions located in Tomorrowland, this attraction allows guests of all ages to drive their own car, as long as they're at least 54 inches tall, on the highways of tomorrow. Tell me, and I did not know this even though I was a cast member that worked on the Autopia, what is the maximum speed of each car in miles per hour? Wow. Yeah, I didn't know this. Oof. Uh, The maximum speed... Man, I hope it's not too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, let's say ten. Mm. It is actually six point five miles per hour. Oh, like 10, ten is pretty close. That's
0: not bad. I was. I thought. Well, it's. You know, I always think with trivia, it's like. Well, it's got to be fast enough that you. It's noteworthy.
1: <laughs> that's, right, that's
0: right, and ten would be really scary. So I think six is uh, much better. Yeah.
1: I want you to sing Cadillac Car, but like replace Cadillac with Autopia or, you know, when I worked there, there was, it was Dusty, Susie, and Sparky were the names of the Autopia cars. There's something there. Where you were deservedly nominated for a Tony when you created the role of Elder McKinley in the Book of Mormon and led the wonderful musical number, Turn It Off, which encouraged folks to turn off some deep. Truthful Desires. And though we don't approve of this message, it is time to play Turn It Off Disney Theme Park Edition. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions where the Imagineers have turned off the lights on some Disney attractions, like a light switch, and it's your task to answer them correctly. And if you win, your prize, of course, will be a trip to the Alani Resort with Steve Glade. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Number one for Turn It Off Disney Theme Park Edition... Sure, there are many twinkling lights on this ride, but it sure feels like the Imagineers turned off all the lights as you race through this mountain. Space Mountain. That's right. It's Space Mountain. You're doing well. Here we go, number two. And some of these are a little challenging, so don't, don't worry too much. But
0: turn it off. <laughs> like, don't think you're going to get off easy with this Space yeah. Mountain, number one. Try- okay, <laughs> okay, okay, try- fine. I'm Let totally me just enjoy answering. that I got one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a moment. You're doing great. Killing it. Number two, turn it off, Disney theme park edition. In the haunted mansion, after we hear the iconic, of course there's always my way in the stretching room, the lights are turned off and screams are heard. When the lights come back on, the ghost host apologizes for what? Oh gosh. Apologizes
0: for... um,
1: Malfunction? (laughs) (laughs) It's not malfunctional. He actually apologizes for frightening us prematurely. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The most iconic turn it off moment at Disneyland though, when that light goes off. Oh yeah. Do you scream as well?
0: Oh yeah. And I actually, I brought um, my one-year-old son, Jimmy, on Pirates of the Caribbean. which is okay. Like you're allowed. I, I was like, am I allowed to be doing this? And I'm sure some parents are going to say no, but we had like all of us. He was in the middle. He definitely screamed on that first drop in the dark was very well, scary. So I hope that's is not so
1: funny. You're saying that because here comes question number three I, <laughs> at Disneyland. You see a talking skull warning us that dead men tell no tales. And then it's completely mm. dark as you descend the first drop and then we hear the, for the first time that classic song "Yoho, A Pirate's Life for Me," with lyrics by Xavier Atencio. Which other classic Disneyland tune did he write the lyrics for?
0: Hmm. hmm, hmm. Wow. Um. Let's say, man, it's got to be for a ride. Yes. What other ride tune would we have at that time? Um like a hint? A Small World After All.
1: It's not. That's the Sherman oh. Brothers. This is actually yeah, that's, that's Grin, right. Grinning Ghosts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, That's okay, though. I like that you set up the, the Sherman question. Sherman Brothers, so.
0: yeah. I should have known. I should have that's known. Okay. That's okay. That was
1: the hit. Number four. In which attraction do all the lights suddenly turn off as a reaction to the gods being angered by all the celebrating?
0: Hmm. Oh, God, celebrating. Um, I want to
1: say <laughs> the teacups. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were so close. I thought you were going to say right. It's actually the tea key room. Oh, no, no. <laughs> See, I knew. I knew.
0: The teacups was I a went solid gas.
1: <laughs> yeah. The tea key room. Here comes number five. As soon as your bobsled enters the Matterhorn, you're plunged into darkness, and then you start to hear the terrifying sounds of the abominable snowman trying to attack you. When this audio animatronic was redesigned, which Disney attraction was given the former version to display in its queue? When this...
0: Can you say that last part again?
1: Yeah, so basically, when they redid the snowman, the older version got sent to another ride and it's displayed in the queue of it. Oh. Um. Could it be in? <laughs> it's in California Adventure.
0: Okay. And it would be a snowy thing? Not Maybe necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh would what, what about um
1: uh Little Mermaid? No, but wouldn't that be delightful? <laughs> it's actually in the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Oh, you? of course. Of yeah, course. He's hiding there. We've got four more for okay. a Turn It Off, Disney Theme Park Edition. Though there's never a true blackout, Snow White's scary adventures may as well be in total darkness. How mm. many times do you see the witch in the ride? Four. So close. It's five. Five. It's fine. I figured strong and wrong was good in the- No, but it, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts of the redo. We're not going to talk about that, okay. but strong thoughts. Okay. Only because in Snow White, the queen is the engine of the movie. I mean, it's her movie. Yeah. Snow White just reacts, you know? That's so, true. You know? But if there's more dopey, I'm fine with it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> turn it off. Number seven. There's a terrifying moment in the Indiana Jones adventure where your Jeep takes a wrong turn and you spin out of control in darkness, trying to escape being further cursed by the temple what is the name of the deity who promises great fortunes as long as you don't look into her eyes? Ooh. I know these uh, are. Sapphire. Uh, it is not Sapphire, but I think your second guess would have been Mara, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there well, it is. Know, I Mara. was one or the other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, number eight, similar to the Matterhorn, when your train departs the station on the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, you're immediately plunged into darkness. Which international Disney parks? Big Thunder is on an island of its own. Um, Hong Kong. It's actually Paris. Oh, and it's awesome. It's like the fastest one as well. It's,
0: I've never been to any other parks you other haven't. than Disney World we or Disney get you World. there.
1: Yeah. They're they're really special, all of them. So we've got two more. This one, I have no idea how we would know the answer. So we're going to learn this together. (laughs) There are three dips in Splash Mountain at Disneyland, one of which happens in total darkness, which is just mean. How Hmm. many gallons of water can be found on the attraction? Oh, my. Yeah, no idea. Mm, 50,000. Your. You're close in terms of some of the numbers. <laughs> We're gonna add a We're nine true. to the add a nine to the beginning of your answer. Oh, and really? Right. 900, 950,000 gallons. Oh, wow! A lot, a lot, lot more water. water. A lot of water. For do that we like ride. Splash Mountain? Like, do you like getting wet on it? You like? Yes. Going, yeah, absolutely I love it. No, you're like I said, tree.
0: I love. I love all water rides i never especially as a kid when i really didn't care about anything i mean now you're like oh my phone or this or that but <laughs> yeah,
1: my get socks me wet on the ride i love it great so here's your final one for turn it off disney theme park edition the submarine voyage opened at disneyland in 1959 and while deep underwater there are many moments when the lights go out in the cabins in 2007 the ride was rethemed to feature which famous fish nemo Yes, it's Nemo. Well done. I wanted to make sure we ended on something that we could all feel good about. <laughs> I, hey, I think it was very challenging. It was. That was a challenging one. I, I warned you, but you did very well um, on this. Turn it off, Disney theme park edition. And uh, thank you so much for playing, Rory. Even though we didn't do all the questions correctly, you still win that trip to the Alani Resort with Steve Glade.
0: Oh, good, good, good. See you there, Steve.
1: Now let's hear from some of you, Uh huh? Rory, you put on social media, on the E-Ticket to Broadway Instagram page, questions for you. So let's go. Emily asks, if you could give a performance anywhere in the parks, where would that be? Oh, wow. I think in
0: front of um, the Magic Castle, uh, like right at the, the entrance. It just, yeah. there's, there's, there's just nothing
1: more iconic to me than, than that. I love that. I would definitely watch you perform in front of the castle. It <laughs> it's so beautiful. I
0: don't know what I would perform, but that's yeah.
1: where it would be. <laughs> Perhaps a interpretive monologue. Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Alana asks, what do you look forward to doing with your little boy in the parks? Oh, we, I mean, honestly,
0: going on. to to Radiator Springs, because like I said, he's so obsessed with cars now. When we went the first time, he didn't he'd never seen it and had no reference to it. It was just Mickey. That was the only thing that we thought he would kind of grasp. But we talk about it all the time that when we get to bring him to Radiator Springs, it is his mind will
1: be blown. That's right. (laughs) That we can actually be there. (laughs) (laughs) Justin asks, if you were to star in a new Disney Broadway musical, what show would it be and who would you want to play?
0: I mean, besides the revival of Beauty and the Beast and getting to play Belle, um, yes. besides I, that, of course, I would love if they brought a live-action Wally, and I could be Wally.
1: Oh. oh, I know
0: that seems so, you know it's, it's, it's impossible, but you know, this is, remember when I was talking about how I wanted them to bring beauty and the beast to a live stage show. I really did. But I remember saying to my mom, "But they could never do it because how could you ever have like utensils and clocks singing? You you can't do that. You know? And I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking they did it. (laughs) They figured it out, you know, and you know, they always find a way. So I would love it. If Wally, um, came to the stage and I could play Wally because I just love,
1: I love that little robot. And your son will write the script. There you go. Great. Addison wants to know, what's your favorite ride in the Magic Kingdom? I guess I would say um, Peter Pan,
0: you know, because I do have that that wonderful memory of it and it is so joyful, you know? Like, some of the early ones uh like Snow White, they're so dark and scary. <laughs> like I I really love that, you know, the vision of of the, the lights of London and the stars, um, and flying, that is just it is still such a beautiful ride. It is.
1: Lauren asks, and we kind of maybe mentioned this already, but which of any characters that you've played would have the most fun at the parks?
0: Hmm. I mean, yes, of course Elder McKinley would definitely have the most fun that is just I mean he would he would work there Uh, he would take over he would never leave and I love you know like Book of Mormon one of the best bits about Book of Mormon was the fact that Disney was a character there you know that having this perfect world and the fact that the lead character wanted to go on his mission to Orlando so that he could be near Disney that really said something to me <laughs> i yes. understood that it was really like it you know that that character wanted to escape to to the most wonderful place on earth and um you know so i think that without a doubt elder mckinley it's time for some tough choices let's play twiddle or twiddle dumb
1: this is Tweedledeer, Tweedledum. I'm gonna give you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. So here's the first one Tweedledeer, Tweedledum, Big Thunder Mountain, or the Matterhorn. Um, the Matterhorn. I can't the Matterhorn I love so much, but my poor back.
0: Oh, I you know what? I mean, it I was just saying, like, I'm actually having a harder and harder time on motion rides. And I say this because I can barely go on the swing set with my son now. And it's, as you get older, it's, yep. it's really something. But as I you said know, on
1: another podcast episode, it's that moment when you switch from being the young to the young at heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do that one anymore. Yeah. Uh, this one's actually kind of come up a little bit. It's a three parter. And I think I know your answer. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Snow White or Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? Cinderella. Yeah. 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 There yeah is. For sure. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, the fireworks over the castle or a parade down Main Street?
0: Ooh. I think a parade down Main Street. I love the fireworks and I love the big spectacle shows. But the parade, when you see the characters in action, that is just so thrilling to me. And I have a very. Wonderful memory of taking my son and putting him on my shoulders and having him watch a parade. And I mean, come on. This that that's why I'm alive is for that uh, moment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Final Tweedled D or Tweedledum. Hello or Alexander Hamilton? Huh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good good. what's the first thing you want to do the next time you go to the parks?
0: I'm gonna walk through the gates and kiss the ground, and I'm going to. Um, I'm just going to keep walking forward. I don't know where I'll go, and that will be the great thing. Is that you know when I'm when I'm at Disneyland, I don't think there's necessarily a plan. Um. It's gonna be just what what's in front of me. I'll probably get on that the the train to go around the perimeter and mm-hmm. see as much as I can. My son loves trains, and uh, I think that would probably be a, a good way to start, I guess. But yeah, um, and I also need to go to California Adventure. Uh, you gotta go to I Cars Land. Yes, exactly. So that'll be very that'll be top priority as well.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see the photos of your son in yes. and just losing his mind yes oh. so great well Rory thank you so much for joining me on this episode for sharing your love of Belle and Peter Pan's flight and going with your son to meet Mickey Mouse this has been so wonderful so thank you so much
0: thank you thanks for having me this is a, a great podcast a lot of fun and um, certainly brought joy to my day so thanks for having me it's great to hear
1: we'll see you at the parks There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening?
0: Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work